Country music was no place for a woman at the start of the 1970s. The genre had long been dominated by male acts like Johnny Cash or Conway Twitty, and the dominance of men in America genre might have lasted throughout the 1970s had it not been for Lynn Anderson, a North Dakota-born vocalist who in 1970 insisted on recording a version of Joe South's Rose Garden. Anderson's producer and then-husband Glenn Sutton encouraged Anderson to shelve the track, citing that it wasn't feminine enough for the bluegrass standout. Anderson trudged ahead, however, and to the tune of I Beg Your Pardon, I Never Promised You a Rose Garden, she found herself atop the Billboard Top 100 Pop and Country Charts. The link between the Nashville sound of Lynn Anderson and the crashing, thrashing, and chest-thumping of the UK's idols is loose, but it's there. Whatever apathy and disappointment Anderson warned her listeners about with the lack of a Rose Garden in 1970, that same dread still exists today in larger ways. Idol's third studio album, Ultramano, is a call for change. It's a call for progress and a challenge to the status quo. But it's so urgent, so intense, and so desperate that one must wonder how we got here in the first place. Is the model village that Idol sings about truly full of homophobes, overpriced drugs, and half-pint thugs? Idols boldly states in Model Village that they don't care whether or not the Rose Garden exists, they have bigger issues at hand. Idol's third album is their most urgent release to date, and for that, Ultramano is an art school album. My guest today, someone that's been on this podcast before, someone that I now live with, and someone who is doing the honors of talking about a band for the second time on this podcast. My guest today is Eddie Weisfeld. Eddie, how are you? Eddie the Slumlord. That's what I go by now. Well, that is, we are in an interesting predicament where I do owe you a large financial sum at the end of every month, and I kind of wanted to check in. I have been moved in for almost exactly a month now as we record this podcast. How am I doing as a roommate? Am I doing all right? Um, You stay out of my way, and, uh, you know, you clean your shit up. I try. You, I really do. You did do this one thing uh, that really bothered. Like when you moved in, it's not your fault, and I don't blame you for it. We actually already had this conversation. You in the bathroom, we have four hooks, I think, on the wall for towels. And there's three people here. There's three people here, four hooks. Now there's one closest to the shower, which gives you easiest access to dry yourself off after, you know, bathing. So I obviously took that because I am the alpha of the household. I, uh, I pay everything. I found this place of the biggest room. You it's know. a unique position for me to be in where I'm around another male age 20 to 22, and I am not the premier alpha. It's a unique position for me to be in. Yeah, the testosterone levels in this household are out of this world, and it's really, it's coming to a like a, a tipping point. A boiling point. It's I'm, a refreshing change of pace for me. I'm, I'm not used to it. I'm scared. We don't have a couch. We have a bench press. We got, you know, we watch uh, UFC every night. And we do uh, those knuckle push-ups that you see see people in prison do. And when we do the knuckle push-ups, we're not actually listening to music. We're actually listening to the Joe Rogan podcast because yes. that is the greatest motivator of all. Only only the ones that are offensive, though. <laughs> no, it's only the Alex Jones episodes. And we kind of have them down <laughs> verbatim now. Uh, you, we kind of role play where sometimes I'm Joe Rogan and Eddie's Alex Jones. And yeah. sometimes we flip and it's very fun. The frogs are gay. 
But I, um, yeah, no, I like idols. Thanks for having me back on, Case. You never finished your story about the hooks. Oh, shit, which, yeah, uh, my bad. Which was that Eddie has the hook closest to the shower, and I don't know what it says about me. I actually need to do a deep uh, self-analysis because I was thinking that the other roommate that lives here had put their towel on the first hook, and I was like, well, no, it's mine. Like, that's, I, I get that. Yeah, what what would make you think being the last person to move into this place, you replaced a different roommate? Like, how how would you? That's obviously the premier spot to have a towel. How would you decide that that's your place to have a towel? Like, that's not that's crazy. No, it's I can't really, believe it's it. Really messed up that I did that, and I actually feel very bad about you it. You should. And then it, it turned out that it was your hook and yeah. that I could have just had the hook to the right of it. No problem. Second hook. I'd be more than happy to be a second hook kind of guy. Are you kidding me? That's a life I want to live. Second hook is all right with me. And once I learned of my crucial mistake that your hook is the first hook and I am beneath you, I think after that, I think things have been going all right. Yeah. I mean, I mean that besides that situation, um, which I would compare a lot to like the Cold War. There was it was a very silent war, you know. It was just a lot of back and forth, just stacking each other's towels on each other. Passive aggressiveness in a way that I don't typically condone. I feel like I'm a pretty straightforward person, but I was being really passive aggressive there. Yeah, in the end, um, I got my way, so I'm 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 happy. Well, Eddie, this is the first in-person podcast I have done since the beginning of March, the episode with Charlie Ulch when we talked about Green Day. So it's good to be literally so close to another person while we're recording this episode. I do want to ask you, in the months that have preceded March, uh, the months that have followed, rather, how have you been coping with life? Because you're typically an emotionless void And I don't know if quarantine or social changes in America have made you feel anything. I've come to, I was pretty bummed, you know, within the time I actually talked to Billy Joe Armstrong on the phone. And that's right. Yeah. Uh, I saw a picture of him on Twitter a few days ago. He was wearing a shirt by the band Culture Abuse and Culture Abuse, a band I really liked at one point. Their singer just got into some trouble for some sexual misconduct and, there were people on Twitter going like, how could Billy Joe do this? Like, doesn't he know? And it's like, no, he doesn't. Culture abuse played to 400 people in big cities. Like they're big markets. They were drawing sub 500 crowds and he doesn't know about something that was in the depths of hardcore punk Twitter. He's a B list celebrity. Anyways, you were talking to Billy Joe. He's also vicious too, right? His pictures are resurfacing. Well, yeah. I mean, the Sex Pistols, just as a whole, one of the more overrated bands in history. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I, Absolutely. I mean. Cool name, though. Sex Pistols. Great name. Great name. Cool great, name. Uh, great. That 70s show joke about them where Hine gives Kitty a Sex Pistols tape and uh, says it'll spice up her love life. And then I think she puts it on the bathtub and it scares her. But no, the Sex Pistols as a whole are a band that I think represents a lot of what I don't like in punk, regardless of, of his political views of just the sort of nihilistic like the world sucks but we also suck and we're not going to do anything about it it's why i've gravitated a little bit more towards the hardcore scene where they say the world sucks let's change it hardcore i'm getting more and more into the hardcore scene i think however that's not what we're here for today case i'm sorry for uh taking you off uh off track yes um life is very different now i haven't seen a lot of people a couple friends here and there um it's weird going out in public and feeling nervous 
That's the yeah. biggest thing to me. Like, I can't remember. Like, at this point, I'm like, what was life before this? This is just life now. That being said, working from home, doing, like, school and stuff from home is super convenient. I don't hate it. I, I don't mean, hate it. Zoom classes are different. They're not comparable to... They're awful. I mean, on. like, I'm not going to be able to learn anything from it. You're going to have to teach yourself pretty much everything, in my opinion, at least in the classes that I'm taking. But um, it's it's... It's nice that I can roll out of bed from a power nap in the middle of the day and just like log on and I'm ready to go. An hour of Zoom learning feels like three hours of in-person learning. That is the biggest adjustment that I think teachers have to make is that for some reason, I don't know why, but Zoom is exhausting. Have you done the thing yet where you just shut your mic off and then take a lap? No, I love participating in class. There's actually nothing mm, I love more, so I'm pretty engaged the entire time. Didn't realize I was talking to a nerd. Well, you know, we could bring this to idols, I'm sure, if I think of a clever enough segue by the time I finish this diatribe, but... They would say there are no nerds, that we're all people, and that we should all just unite together. My big issue... And hopefully the uh, students listening to this podcast can pick up on some words is like Zoom classes will suck more if you don't participate in them. Like you can make an active choice to either try to fuel conversations and have an engaging class or we can all sit there blinking at each other in our tiny squares and it will suck. And there's a choice you can make one way or another. Well, I have the capability of making my class go silent and turning my camera off so i'm in class but i can like watch a movie or something instead in your in your three screen setup you do look like you have the codes to a rocket launcher in here it's a very impressive technological setup we are recording from your bedroom the first time i've really spent any amount of time in here other than when i have to feed your cat and i have to say it's very nice i'm impressed thank you so eddie we're here today to talk about the band idols like i said you're not the first repeat guest. There have been, you know, Jake Klingensmith has been on the podcast three times. I've heard the name. Um, Maxwell Stern. No, I'm sorry, not Maxwell. Maxwell Stern just put out a great album. Jacob Stern has been on the uh, on the podcast twice. Oh, Mysteriovich has been on twice. Oh, and my Cochran's man. Cochran's been on twice. We have not talked about a band twice, though. You get the honor of not only talking about Idols, Joy as an Act of Resistance, which, Eddie, we did that all the way back in January. Such a simpler time. It was... I think you were still my intern. I had just recently left the intern position, oh. and that was right when I got hired for a job that no longer exists because <laughs> the medium that I worked in your old to exist. Your old department, I think, might be three people now. I think it's three people. I thought it was two, but I think you're right. I think it's three. Yeah, that is interesting to think. Like, at the beginning of 2020, I was like, man, this is great. Like, I'm doing podcasts with Eddie. I've got this cool job where I work concerts. Yeah, you get to go to free stuff all the time. I'm doing so much live theater in person, performing in front of other humans. Mm -hmm. None of that, with the exception of podcasting with Eddie, none of that exists anymore. No, no. So it's a real bummer, but the one thing that has remained true through all of this is the fact that Idols, as a band, exists. And Eddie, we talked on your first episode about how you don't really like music. Now, you did say, uh, just a mere few minutes ago, that you were getting more into the hardcore scene. Can you describe what that means to me? Well, I What would, that means to you, to me. It, it, depends, it depends on the mood I'm in. If I do listen to music, I want to listen to something that makes me want to punch things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just so I can feel something. Yeah. But um, I, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of anyone. You send me songs sometimes and I'll listen to them. 
or, or a band and I'll, I'll listen to a few songs here and there, but like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm still, I'm still on that music is overrated gang. And, uh, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and a, a lot of, uh, like radio, like it's, it's not music. I like, okay. I'm not a serial killer. I, st- I, I said this before in my first episode, I'm not a serial killer. I do like music. I'm human, but it's not something that I could see. Like you have this huge setup for records, which by the way is pointless. It doesn't sound better. And it's not about the sound, Eddie. It's about the experience. Music is about the sounds. That's the whole point of music. You listen to it and it makes you feel stuff, right? But when I have a record, when I have something physical that I own, there's a story behind where I bought it and when, who I was with, how I finally found it. It's not about the sound, Eddie. It's about the experience. It's still your nerd thing, which I'm fine Completely. with. Completely. It's that and hat. Yeah, Eddie, I'm, Eddie, I'm, Eddie, I'm I, happy for you. I, women it, don't talk to me. I buy hats and <laughs> records. I have to live with that. You think I want that life? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that you have something, but... Um, yeah, you have this whole setup where I've I've walked home I've walked in our apartment several times where you're just sitting there and music's on. And that's it. Like it's I don't know how someone could stare at a wall and just listen to music. Obviously you are the poster child for the Barstool Sports podcast, Legion of Skanks, a lot of I have nothing of that pulled up on my computer right a now. A lot of seller comedy Eddie tends to drift towards. It's it's you know, we're all we all need to find comfort some way. I find that through music more often than not. Eddie These are all just claims you're making. Eddie finds that through edgelord comedians. That's it's a real literally, interesting dynamic. You're in the just house. you're making you're fibbing, dude. You're straight up fibbing. There's like I have CNN pulled up. I'm about to watch the 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 presidential nominee debate. Well, you're a voter on the fence. It'd be nice nice coming out of this debate if you, could make a, <laughs> if you could make a stance one way or another i hope so but uh yeah I'm, I'm this year's ken bone <laughs> i really tried hard to get eddie into the band's half heart and the band's ceremony i think half heart would be a, a nice positive force in eddie's life ceremony is the nihilistic tendency that i think eddie uh, lives i think that is uh, his just default mode but then there's the band idols the band that Eddie brought into my life, I had said before he came on the podcast, you know, Joy's an act of resistance. I like the artwork. I like the idea of the band, but I don't love the band. And then for our podcast in January, I I sat down and I really gave Joy's an act of resistance thorough listens. I worked out to the album. I sat and stared at a wall to the album. I walked around the city of Chicago with the album by the end. And came to the conclusion, it's a fine album. I like some songs. I think it's a deeply flawed record, but when it hits, it really hits. And now we have Mono Aware, the third studio album from Idols. Eddie, it was released a mere week ago, September 25th, 2020. What'd you just call it? Mono Aware? It's Ultra Mono. Mono Aware is a song by Fury. You're so right. Uh, <laughs> it is Ultra Mono. I, what, a, what an embarrassing mistake. You had one of the words. It's okay. Well, yes, because there's a song by a band Fury that you would like called Mono Aware. And so I just you're all over the place. It's fine. You've been inside for a while. It's okay. Oh, Eddie, how embarrassing. But that's okay. It is ultra mono. It is the third studio album by the band Idols. And big picture off the bat. What do we think of this? Because I know it's the one album that you seem to be looking forward to the entire year. I was looking really forward to it. Um, They pretty. Here's the thing. I don't think it's any better than their last or their first. Um, I think it's consistent and that's what I want out of an artist because then like take Kanye West, right? He had some, he had some awesome music back in the day, back in our day. 
And then he just released that gospel album like last year. And you weren't a fan? No, it was terrible. It was awful. Like I hated it. I'm mad thinking about it. Why are you mad? I don't know. You're always mad. I'm so mad. But here's the thing. Idols, they're consistently like good. And that's what I want. I just want consistency. I just want something to be stable in my life. And that's what Idols is. They just make the same, um, the the same, not sounding or like, um, it's just consistently as good is what I'm trying to say. Eddie, I would imagine your Twitter feed is vastly different than mine. I don't think you're following a lot of independent music journalists. No. But if I had to ask you up top before we, we go through this album, when it comes to the music press, the scholarly elites that dictate and taste make throughout the music world, what do you think they think of idols in particular in this album? Um, I have been watching, uh, I mean, it's basically anyone who they retweet, so it's always going to be good stuff, but I see like KEXP, uh, and other like UK based radio stations are always talking about how much they're digging it and playing it. And, uh, I mean, I agree, I agree with them, I, but I like them. So I, I could see someone, um, listening to idols music and not being really into a kind of post-punkish kind of like vibe where i mean they're, they're not lyrically like the most amazing like it's not a it's not something you have to think about very heavily um it's just loud music and a lot of repetitive words and it's just a good time that's what it is to me so i would imagine they would be maybe middle of the road about it Eddie, some of these reviews I will read you as we go along will shock you. Oh, man. How the music press has oh. turned against idols, but that's okay because... It doesn't make sense because they're trying... They, I mean, they're exactly what I think a music nerd would want. Like, not, not like mainstream. Uh, they're working with really cool people. Like, Kenny Beats worked on this uh, album. Like, why, why would a, 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 a hip-hop producer jump on to a band's uh, album like that? Like, it... it they have to, I mean, and he, he's on some really good stuff within the hip hop world too. So it's like, why would he go out of his lane? Which I, I, I disagree. I think he went to like, um, he went to, what's that school in Boston? The really nice music school. Uh, Berkeley. Yeah. I think he went to Berkeley. I, I, and so like he's, he's of a, a musical, uh, uh, background. So I don't think it's that crazy that he worked on it, but like he, he does have an established kind of uh, uh, place in the hip hop community and he decided to jump on with idols and he's been rocking with them. And I like he gets it. He gets it. Eddie, I don't disagree with anything you just said, but as we go along through the album track by track and this album, Ultramano is 12 songs in 42 minutes. Like I said, it did come out on September 25th, 2020. And the album begins with the song War, which I think is Idols at its simplest and, and Idols at its roots. It's this painfully simple song full of basic lyrics and automatopoeias. And I think it's a great opener to the album. Yeah. It's a good punch. Uh, on their last album, I don't remember if they started with... Um, um, let me just look. I have my phone right here. If you had to take a guess, what did the last album start with, Eddie? I, I don't know. It was Colossus. Yeah, that's what I would say. It was either something really like punch you in the face or uh, something that kind of revs up. And that's a rev up. I'm that, sure. that Colossus is a big rev up. This yeah. one is more of a punch in the face. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of reviews 
took issue with the lyrics of this song in particular, calling it lazy and just sort of a tired effort by a band that seemed to be running out of ideas. I seem to disagree. And, and while I obviously support anything anti-war, it should be noted that singer Joe Talbot uh, notes that this out al- this song in particular is about a war within oneself, learning to unthink and learning to love yourself. And Eddie, I think that would be good for you. Yeah, it sounds like something he would say. He's cool. I love I, li- I love all of them. They're so cool. I want to look like him. Joe Talbot. You're close. He's kind of he's kind of balding. He, he's he, you know, he's in pretty good shape. He wears fun clothes. He has tattoos that some of them look good. Some of them look bad. Like he's just a cool looking guy. And you are a guy with a Goodyear tire tattoo on you. Yeah, that was a that was my first tattoo ever. <laughs> I didn't know that. that makes it so much worse, Eddie. That That's was my, so bad. Well, because I didn't know about tattoos and didn't realize that you don't need to have meaning behind any of them. You can just go in and go off the wall and just get things that are like, now that I'm deeper into it, I realize there's a whole tradition of uh, behind styles and like uh, certain certain designs that you get tattooed doesn't. It doesn't necessarily have to mean something to you, but if you're really into the community like that, like, yeah, it, it's something that you should have. You should only be allowed to get tattoos between the ages of 30 and 35, because by 30, I would hope to God you're mature enough to not get a Goodyear tire tattoo. Yeah. And anything after 35 is midlife crisis. That was the only one that I really regret. Uh, maybe a couple others, but there it's not it, that, that one I can. Yeah. I see these young people with these bad tattoos, Eddie. It's not going to age well. It makes me really nervous. Yeah. There's a guy, I, I don't want to call people out, but there's a couple I've seen in my day. It's not good. It's, it's not good. I, I gotta say, Eddie, for as much as I like parts of this album, I, I don't think track two grounds is all that good either. This was a single on the album, and I feel like, and I don't know if Kenny Beats produced this track. My research did uh, not go that deep, but I do feel like there's a more hip-hop influence on this song, and it just didn't work for me. Um, So it really did. I Grounds wasn't my favorite. It's one of the songs that they released before the album even came out, and that's another issue I kind of took with this album is I felt like I kind of listened to it all before it even, like, came out. out yeah and they were supposed to release a fifth single and they let the fans vote and they said no, no. let's wait for the full album yeah, let's let's uh let's hold on because mr motivator which is track three that that single came out at the end of may yeah we were in another school year when that song came out and the build lasted the entire summer The thing is, they went from uh, with with grounds. They went from war, which was like punch you in the face, crazy good song, like exactly what I was looking for. What I explained earlier, like I want to punch something, to a slow, slower kind of like it really killed the mood real fast. But uh, it's a good song. It's a good song. Like I, I enjoy it. It's not my favorite off the album, um, but I, I think the placement was a little strange. I'm sure they did it for a reason. I think it could have flowed a little better somewhere in maybe in the middle of the album for a little refresher, a little uh, 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 palate cleanser. I want to ask you about the line in the song in which they say, not a single thing has ever been mended by you standing there saying you're offended. Go ahead. Tell them what I've intended. I'll say what I mean. Do what I love and fucking send it. Is that a line that spoke to you at all? Um, I like the idea uh, because it sounds like they're they're 
kind of calling out like slacktivism. Mm. A lot of people on Twitter, you know, chirping. Slacktivism. Look at you, Eddie. They're uh, they're saying, you know, they don't like Donald Trump. They, you know, the police, they're terrible, blah, 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 blah. I mean, like, you know, these are all things I don't necessarily disagree with. It's just do something. <laughs> you're, don't no, necessarily disagree with them. It's, it's like you're, you're, hey, this is... I've always taken the stance of I'm just a guy. <laughs> I'm just a guy just being a, guy. a dude. Just I don't Eddie, know. Rosie, Moji, Weiss. I have no opinions. It works for you. Well, whatever disappointment was there in Grounds, which I, I wouldn't have put out on a, as a single, and I just don't think it adds a ton to uh, the album. I was a little disappointed when it was one of the singles uh, because uh, when Mr. Motivator came out, which I don't I, I don't know if you want me to get right into that. Eddie, or, I would love for you okay. to. That was a great transition. When Mr. Motivator came out, that was the first of the singles they released, and it was so good. It was so good, and uh, it was exactly what I was looking for. It was more of like a kind of upbeat. It kind of gave me like uh, they their their music video of it was like an '80s uh, workout video, mm. and that's kind of like the vibe I did get from from uh, from it. And uh, when they did that, and then they released Grounds, it was around. It, it kind of Grounds kind of it depressed me because they it was in the thick of the pandemic. Um, if I'm not mistaken, no, you're correct. When, when they released that, remember when we just had a pandemic to worry about and we didn't? Yeah, like, it was before I realized I was contributing to a lot of problems. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, but Mr. Motivator is one of my favorite songs of the entire year. I yeah. lost my mind when it came out. I thought it was exactly what Idols does so well, where they take so much of pop culture, almost in the same vein as like an early Eminem, mm-hmm. but they throw it into this post-punk sound. Any chorus that has Let's Seize the Day in it is going to remind me of any sort of youth crew bands like Youth of Today or Gorilla Biscuits or In My Eyes. And I'm a huge fan of the positive message here. And and like I said, it's one of my favorite songs of the year, but I'm someone that keeps an ongoing list of my top tracks of my top albums. At the end of this year, I will do another top albums of 2020 list. People are dying for it. You don't seem like the type of guy that would keep track of any of that. Is this the only album that's come out this year that you've listened to top to bottom? Um, I don't think I even finished this one, if I'm being honest with you. That's incredible. I, I noticed you weren't uh, taking notes for this podcast. I never I just, take notes for any podcast case. No, I know. It's crazy. Now you don't you don't even have one because you take such few notes. Here's the uh, here's the thing. Mr. Motivator was my song of the summer. It was, uh, I listened to it maybe every day, Yeah. maybe every day before they released their last track off of the, uh, uh, album, uh, or the pre-release off the album singles, single. That's what it's called. The, their last single. Um, and, uh, it, it was, it, they mentioned LeBron James in it. Like you like that as an Akron boy. You like that? It was, it was the song. It was made for me in my situation. I would just drive around in my, my dad's car for hours on end and listen to that on repeat. And it was just a good time. It was my song of the summer. It made me happy. Why are you driving around in your dad's car when you have a car? I did not have a car at that moment. That's good to know. Well, I I could see how that might be anxiety inducing like this fourth track. Not having a mode of transportation is always very stressful. They say in anxiety, car crash country, car crash scene. I do feel like that is a reality that whether you're in America or abroad, you are experiencing some form of that. And Eddie, like I said at the top of the show, I do look at you as sort of an emotionless void. I don't ever. Everyone keeps saying that. And I'm so full 
full of emotion and I don't get it and it makes me sad. I don't know when you're happy. I don't know when you're sad. I try to give you as much space as possible. Are you an anxious person? Because I know there has to be some just dark, deep shit inside of you that's horribly sad. But are you anxious? Um, I would say I'm more anxious than sad. Is there a, a fear of social anxieties outside of COVID? Is there a fear of, of social situations there? Because I, I don't know that side of you if there is. Um, maybe it's just kind of like a general anxiety. Is that what a thing? What are you fearing, though? Yeah, I mean, general anxiety I don't, know. I, I don't choose to have it. It just happens. No, I know. But how does it, you know, I, I, I'm sorry to go Dr. Phil on you, but but what, what moments do you find yourself getting anxious? I'm just very curious because I, again, I live with you and I know nothing about the man inside of Eddie Weisfeld. I'm just a guy being a dude. That's an interesting way to skirt all responsibility. <laughs> That's a, a fascinating approach to life, Eddie. I'm glad that that is working for you. I enjoy my life. Um... I mean, I think a lot of people struggle with uh, mental health stuff, and uh, it's pretty normal. I mean, it's just, you know, you don't get to choose what what is and isn't wrong with you. No, and, I did uh, not choose this life for me. Yeah, and I think anxiety is just something that, you know, um, plagued me. I think I got it from my mother. Mm. She nagged a lot. She a made Jewish me worry mother. a lot. Jewish mother. It's okay for me to say, not you. Thanks. Well, you said it. And uh, no, you did first. Yeah, but then you said it and backed me up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I would, I have uh, anxiety. Well, Eddie, I think that's okay. I, I do think anxiety was a, a real strong point on the album, much like track five. I mean, through half of this record, almost through five tracks, I really like what we've got, but I will mention kill them with kindness and I will pair it with a review from the website, The Quietus, uh, Eddie, a review that ripped this album apart in a way that contempt does not really exist on the internet anymore. This almost felt like a blog post from 2008 in which the reviewer says, idols and other folk who followed in the footsteps of Sleaford Mods and Fat White Family have been praised for challenging masculinity, but to do this in such a routinely chest-beating way seems self-defeating. In the post-punk years, Glasgow bands like Orange Juice reacted against the overt machismo of their city, and wider culture in general, by making music and dressing in a way that was radically gentle, an exaggerated wimpiness, as Simon Reynolds described it. Eddie, I first of all want to know your thoughts on this song, and then I'll get to my larger Song's point. good. That review's bad, in my opinion. I don't think that whoever wrote that got the point of this band in general, they make that chest beating music and use lyrics that talk about how they love and respect their mother because it's, that's the whole point. Like that's the point of idols. You know what I mean? Like they're trying, they're, they're trying to send a, you know, positive message, make these, 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 uh, uh, statements about like, yeah, like masculinity is kind of a thing that like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm even trying to say. I don't think you have to apologize for being masculine if no. you're not using it in a negative way. No. And I, I don't think that they are, uh, I mean, they're, they make loud, obnoxious music and it comes with, you know, a kind of socially woke, like lyrics behind it. And that it should it's, be celebrated. It's the, it's, it's the contrast that makes this band interesting. That's what their draw is, is that it, they're these big, loud huge dudes making loud music that is like uh, lyrics that you would not expect guys like that to be saying. I think there's a few things at play here. One, 
for as many Instagram stories as people might share about normalizing men crying or advocating men go to therapy. I don't think people like seeing men be emotional. I yeah. think it's not even in a, in a sexual landscape. I just think there's, it's a great turnoff and people don't like it. And when machismo men like these guys show that emotion, it makes people very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but they do it in a way that I think it's like it's like they're being emotional in an action movie. Like they do it. They take the form of something that's badass and they get that message across that, you know, it's OK to have feelings as a man. I I love the message. I think it's great. I mean, I loved on their prior record the fact that you could have a song like Danny Nadelko, which is pro-immigration and this idea that no human is illegal. And instead of having it come from a rose emoji Twitter user, it is coming from, uh, you know, a more masculine side of things. I, I think it's a great thing that should be celebrated, but I also think idols themselves represents a larger issue of any sort of, I'm not going to call it a progressive movement because I don't think it's inherently political, but any sort of progression, it cannibalizes itself because all of a sudden you have these guys who are saying the right things and for the most part doing the right things and have this message that should be celebrated by everyone, but they're doing it in a way that other people don't like. So instead of ignoring it or just not being super into it, they try to tear it down and it's this lack of patience and this lack of tolerance and idols has become the poster child for that issue. And it's, it's such a bummer to see people within the music industry that like have a voice tear these guys down because they don't like the exact specific things they're doing. And I think it's a larger issue as a whole. I don't think they dislike the things they're doing. I think they don't like the way they're doing it. There are some issues that, and I am not incredibly well-versed in, but there there have been complaints of, well, Idols is saying this, but they're not bringing female bands on tour, which I, you know, I'll listen to that argument. I think that's entirely fair. But I think it comes down to, I completely reject this idea that the more radical approach to music might be big, burly men in dresses and in a more uh, normal feminine look. I think that's ridiculous. I think this idea of straight white men using their power for good should be celebrated. And I know that we are in that demographic, mm -hmm. but this also, I mean, we get a say in this. This affects us also. I, I look up to these people. That's why I, I am so attached to the hardcore scene. And I think it's weird that people tear this down. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because, um, and it's 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 perfectly fine to be this way. I think it's because they're comfortable with being a man. Like they're they're comfortable with who they are. Um which that sounds so like um counterintuitive. But they they're they're it's okay to be comfortable for, with who you are and that's just the style that that comes in. You know what I mean? And they're saying the right things. So I don't see what the problem is. Um, they're I think they're that saying the right things. Mark. And I think there's a, I, I give them enough credit to say they're doing the right things as yeah. well. And they're not uh, slacktivists, as you so eloquently put earlier. Yeah. In the show. Really good wording there. Eddie, I do want to talk about Model Village, which was another single off oh, of the yeah. album. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, you, I can tell from your sensual oh, yeah. voice there that you really enjoyed Model Village. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, girl, listen here. You know, I have had to edit out so many failed ASMR bits from guests on the show. I've noticed, <laughs> and, and the problem is, Eddie, that you do this for a living. You you get a paycheck for audio. It, you're, in, you're in the world of radio. Yeah. So many people who have never been on a podcast before, they find great comedic innovation in attempting to do ASMR on this podcast, and I have edited every single bit of it out, and I will continue to do so. Oh, then let me, uh, let me get down with it. This I'd song, like for you to get down with Model Village. This song... Um, was it got me as excited as um Mr. Motivator Mr. Motivator it, it it like it it was the perfect last single to release I think it got me that much more excited for the full album um if they would have saved it for the album it might have made me even more excited when mm. I listened to the album I would have been like oh well, now I can't stop listening but I was so happy with this it, they have the it, it, have you watched the music video they had uh, someone like uh, animate the whole thing the whole style of it looks so cool it's a it's just a banger it's just so good it's that and and you know just off the bat I mean how many songs are we in now four this is six. This six? is the halfway point in the album. We're we're halfway through the album. We already have what three? That's that's half of half the album is are just great songs. I think the entire first half of the album, even if I'm not crazy about grounds, I recognize War and Mr. Motivator and Anxiety and Kill Them with Kindness and mm-hmm. Model Village as as really good to to great songs. Mm-hmm. The first half of this album is really strong, and honestly, it mirrors what they did with Joy as an Act of Resistance, yeah. where you're looking at a first half of the album with Colossus and Never Fight a Man with a Perm, I'm Scum, Love Song, and then I wasn't crazy about June's, but I, uh, June, but I can see how some people might be. Yeah. It, just as Joy falls off a little bit in the second half, I think this album does as well. Now, what I like about this album compared to Joy is I think this is a little bit more consistent. There are songs on Joy that I just, I will skip anytime I hear them. And I, I don't know if there's any on this album that I will, with the exception of track seven, Neytouche Pema, which is translated into Don't Touch Me, mm-hmm. for as much as I think we just applauded idols for having these messages and using their platform for good, while I completely agree with the message of this song, I found the pairing of Joe and Ginny Beth from The Savages, I found their pairing to be a complete swing and a miss on this album. Um... <sighs> Yeah, I, they don't seem like a band that could uh, feature a lot of different artists with their style. Uh, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. There is something that I found overtly corny about them yelling consent over and over again. Now, you <laughs> could make the argument that this is a band that does their best work in simplified messages that even a Neanderthal could understand. Yeah. And I, I, I think a song like this works. But for me, it was... I just, I did not enjoy anything about this. And it is the one song where, you know, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Um, but, you know, keep things simple. That That's that, that I think that's the, the, uh, the method they take and it's tried and true and it works. Eddie, we're speeding through this album at a good pace. I know you have to uh, sit in front of your TV with the popcorn and watch this debate in just a minute. I, mm. I want to lump in three songs together here. I think Carcinogenic Reigns and The Lover, all songs that I think work as album tracks. None of them are spectacular, but I'd like, I like. I have enjoyed listening to them 
every time they've come on. I think these are three songs that if the idea of live music ever exists again, these are three songs that would sound really great live. The thing about the back half of this album is I think this is where the sleepers lie. I think since they weren't part of those initial singles and I hadn't already gotten used to them, uh, these are songs that are going to eventually grow on me and become some of my favorites. That happened a lot on Joy of the uh, Joy as an Act of Resistance uh, for me. There's um, a couple songs in there where before I was like, let's not, let's, you know, I'm not really in the mood for this one. And then eventually, you know, you listen to the other songs so much that you're like, all right, well, let's see what, let's, let's see what the rest of the album is. And um, they really like, they catch you then. And I think that's what happens with these three songs. I'm not there yet. This did just come out. Um, but yeah, I could see these growing on me. Eddie's not much of an instant reaction guy. His opinion kind of forms like molasses, and he needs a good three to four months before he can truly speak on a topic. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, who knows how long this is going to be the album I have to listen to for, you know? Like, this might just be the one album that I listen to for, uh, I don't know, two years. Yeah, because you have nothing else in the pipeline. I mean, I have albums coming out later on this year that I'm ecstatic for, yeah, but man, there doesn't this. seem to be one for you. It's yeah. just this. Yeah. I don't know how you live your life. I'm greatly disturbed by it. Yeah, I have new stuff come out every day with podcasts and radio shows and good old fashioned entertainment like that. Oh, Eddie, you're so brave for voicing your opinions in this space. I do think if there is a front runner for the dark horse of this album, I, I like Reigns and I like The Lover quite a bit. Mm -hmm. In The Lover, they yell, fuck you, I'm a lover. Is that something you've ever yelled at someone, Eddie? Um... Because you're a lover, not a fighter. I'm not afraid to say it. I, I would say I'm a lover, not a fighter. I don't think I did once. Um, <laughs> I don't think I ever yelled like, fuck you, I love you. <laughs> but I did. I, I, I dated a girl once. It was like the first serious relationship I'd ever been in. And how old are we at this point? Um, 18, Sick. maybe. No, go ahead. And uh, we broke up. She dumped me. Let's mm. Let's get that. Ugh. straight hey brother i've been there before and i it was essentially me trying to just convince this girl that like no don't stop don't stop loving me no, and for sure. yeah i did all these things we, i took her to the first place that like we uh went on a date or something and i was just like see things aren't dead so it, i've been i've been there You're like fuck you i'm a lover uh not a fighter you know that makes me feel better about myself. I got to be honest. I liked hearing. We that. all do dumb stuff. Looking back at that, that's probably like one of the most cringiest moments of my life. Uh, I'm not proud of it, but yeah, I mean, to relate it to that, uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably the only, the closest thing I could get to that lyric. We all do dumb stuff. You've lived with me for a month now, and I think you've been exposed to a rare side of me that shows just how stupid I am. Are you concerned at how often I struggle with day-to-day -day tasks? There are a few things. You thought you broke the dishwasher. Uh, you just forgot to turn it on. There was, uh, you do this thing where you're too lazy to turn on a light and you'll just sit in the pitch black. I'm not too lazy to turn on a light. I don't want the light on. That makes no sense to me. That's terrifying. He sits in the darkness in the living room with just a blaring TV on. I also saw our electrical it. bill last month and I was like, I'm never turning on a light again. This, yeah. Yes. Our electrical, yeah. Our electrical bill was pretty high. It was pretty high. <laughs> I was like, it's, I, it can't be me. It's um, not going to be my fault. The, 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 uh, I was going to say, I mean, you can't blame yourself. You can't really blame anyone right now. Cause we're all online all the time now. Cause we kind of have to be yeah. to do work in school That's and true. all that stuff. And yeah, yeah I mean, you're seeing a softer side of me that, uh, you know, most people do not experience because most people 
statistically have not lived with me yeah. much like the softer side of idols where we have track 11 a hymn now this was released as a single yeah. i think this was the second single off the album yeah at the time i hated it yeah now that it's on the album now that i have more context around it and this song fits in you know a track 11 on a 12 track album eddie i love this song i like its placement um it has a song i'm still not it's not my favorite. I mean, I love all their songs, but it's not my favorite. It's just not. It's I, I like when they're loud. <laughs> no, I think that's entirely fair. It I, feels like a bit. It feels like a buildup and then it never gets there. Mm. That's my thing about that song. Because the the, the finale, uh, Danke, uh, not the Shrek reference, but thank you in, in German. <laughs> it is. I've been waiting to make that joke all day. <laughs> I thought of that one this morning. I was uh, like, oh. That's going in the podcast. Are you kidding me? But it's not like the the final track of this album is necessarily the the uh, payoff that you're looking for in a song like a hymn. Yeah. But I do think a hymn represents a change in tone and a a more deliberate approach that Idols has not showcased yet. And I think it's important for this band to continue to grow and evolve because I know there are people that think three albums in. Idols has run out of ideas and that's why you see so much collaboration on this album is that they simply do not have enough to offer and a song like a hymn reminds me a lot of what Touche Amore offered a band that I am desperate for you to get into it, it reminds me a lot of is survived by by Touche Amore it, it is an album that has that intensity that hardcore sound that made Touche Amore a name in the scene but they were able to peel back and show a little bit of their softer side and, and because of that I think that is that band's best album ever and I think Idols going forward is going to need to showcase a little bit more of this to become a richer fuller act I wanna be loved everybody does I find shame in the crack like Yeah, I, I mean, it's that's how you can tell who the, the the good from the bad when it comes to music, right? Like, if they can step out of their their kind of niche and make a song that's good, that is completely different from the rest of uh, the album they're working on. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's something you have to do, and I like that they're not seeding themselves to a certain sound. Um, the thing about critics saying that they've run out of ideas they're including people because they ran out of ideas no i think they're just at a point now it's their third studio album right yes and they're at a point now where they can collaborate with people because people want to so i would see it as more of growth than anything i think it shows that they're they're trying new things and uh, they're actually not out of ideas they're just getting started like now they're just starting to get other people to jump on board and i think that's kind of cool Eddie, I think you're onto something there. When it comes to the final track, I, you know, it, it was a bit of a letdown. Track 12 did not do a ton for me. Is there anything that you feel like mentioning when it comes to the final song on the album? Um, it's a good wrap up. 
it's a it's it's you know it's not my favorite again it's i think it's one of those that's gonna it, this entire back half is something that's gonna have to grow on me i, th- I think that's very true uh but you know I think I think overall I'm not disappointed with this album. I feel like I listened to most of it before it came out, uh, which isn't a bad thing because I really like the songs that they they released as singles. And uh, you know, idols rules like uh, music is subjective, right? You like what you like. You might not like this, but uh, I think it's cool. Kenny Beats thinks it's cool. I'm cool. He's cool. You should listen to it. Well, like I said, The Quietest does not think this album is cool. They said in that review that I referenced earlier. Losers. They're a bunch of losers. Three albums in and the hype has died down. The ideas are drying up. The lack of substance is wholly exposed. It's time for the critics. What remains of them to remove the gloves? They were ruthless in that review, but there was a website, Louder Than War, that compared Ultramano to... Nirvana's Nevermind and said that this could be the album of a generation. Now, I also look as someone that writes, I love that comparison. They went for it and it is wholeheartedly inaccurate, but I love the confidence. Yeah, I'm going to say that's a, that's definitely a statement to make. (laughs) It is. I respect it so much. It's an absurd take that I'm glad is down because I have the utmost respect for it. But they do say before the Nevermind comparison that Idols provides an urgent rush of ideas, energy, and action and bring a sensitivity to the bludgeon and the noise they bring an intelligence and a meaning to the music that they somehow managed to cram their wild intelligence into short sharp shocks of sound that is honed to perfection eddie louder than war gave this album a 10 out of 10 it received a four out of five from the guardian and the lords above at pitchfork eddie they do not like this album they gave it a 5.5 out of 10 yeah and it, has been, pitchfork. it has been all over my twitter this week everybody's sounding off on their thoughts on pitchfork's thoughts on idols but with that in mind eddie i do have to ask you if you had to give this album a rating out of 10 what are you giving it? absolutely 11 out of 10 you should listen to it you should always listen to opinion, folks yeah no not biased at all you should always listen to idols great guys great music it's just a good time actually i would even say given the times and i think you would agree with this like the uh emotions the feelings people are having nowadays i think this is the music that perfectly matches up with it I completely agree. Again, I think their message needs to be celebrated. I'm annoyed that it's not. And I, and I think any detractors, if you don't like their music, that's one thing. But if you don't like their message, I, I think you are woefully off base and ultimately doing more harm than good. Eddie, I'm going to ignore your 11 out of 10 rating. And I'm going to simply ask you, when it comes to Ultramano, an album that has been out for just a mere week now, who needs to hear this and why? If you are in the mood to listen to something different. If you're tired of hearing the same pop songs, turn that shit off. Go turn on idols, ultra mono, give it a listen. You won't regret it. You'll probably find out that you like something that you never thought you would. Eddie, I think that's, that's well said. Where can people find you? Do you have a podcast that people can listen to? I do have a, I have a podcast. You can listen to it. It's called the extraordinary podcast spectacular. You can find it on all streaming devices. What on all podcast platforms. You're telling me I could find this on Apple podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher premium. You can find it anywhere. Uh, it's a talk show. It's a fun time. Go listen to it. And your social media would you like people to know about that. No. Okay, good. Well, Eddie, (laughs) 
I'd like to thank you for being on the podcast. As always, you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at underscore K-Slow, C-A-S-C-L-W-E. The podcast itself is on Instagram at Article Albums. This week, as Eddie and I are recording this uh, moments before a presidential debate, I would like to remind people to go to votesaveamerica.com to make sure that they are registered to vote, that they have a plan to vote, and that they will vote against white supremacy in this presidential election. And Eddie, once again, I'd like to thank you for joining me on the Art School Albums Podcast. This has been Idols Ultra Mono.